welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven people. Each episode, Alicia and I will talk about a topic that's grabbed our attention and something that's bringing us value. We will look at things with our marketing hat on while keeping things light and fun. This week on the podcast, we're talking about the rise of streaming services and everything marketers need to know about streaming TV versus linear TV. I reflect on a famous Super Bowl ad from 2019 with purpose at its core, and we look at what we strongly dislike. That's our vulnerable question this week. Hi, Jade. We're back in the recording studio. How was your week? Yes, really good. Welcome back, everybody. We are now recording in an actual studio. Um, no more Jade's closet. As much as I loved recording while sitting next to Chris's shoes. <laughs> Actually, your head was right near Chris's undies most of the time. I just oh didn't tell you God. what was in that drawer. Oh, my gosh. Look, it was the best place we had for sound. So we it dealt. Was. And people commented when we moved away from the wardrobe. So we went, we went back into it and now we're in a proper place. I feel like we've recorded around both our houses Everywhere we've done the lounge. Um, we've recorded in Aiden's bedroom, yeah. your youngest, your lounge room. This sounds like kind of dirty. <laughs> like we've recorded. <laughs> no. Um, but now we're at the hen house, which is awesome. So awesome. So we actually have a recording studio and we'll send a, f- we'll put a photo on Instagram for you guys to see. Um, it's really cool. They actually record bands and things in here and we weren't sure how it was going to go because they are recording as we are recording. So, But the soundproofing's doing the job. It is and the bands are great to listen to when we're taking a break. Yeah. Um, but we have news about our business. We hired a VA. And for those of you that don't know, a VA is a virtual assistant and we love her. She's the best. <laughs> We've only had her for a few weeks. Her name is Alice and... She's already taught us all the things. Um, Voxer being one of them and Trello, we are now using them a lot. Voxer is just a, a messaging um, app, yeah. app, yeah, but you can record voice messages and things. And then Trello is now our, how we organise our life, all the to-do lists. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so great having someone helping us work on our business, not mm. in the business. Like we spend so much of our ta- limited time um, working on our clients and we don't have the time to work on our own business. And I hate sometimes that we don't follow our own marketing advice because we literally just don't have the time to. So having Alice has been so helpful just to help us get back on top of everything we know we should be doing. Yeah. And this is advice I'd give to clients. So I have to make sure that I do it, but the easy thing to do would be to then feel the VA's time up with paying clients. Yes, and which we initially were going to do. Oh, we're we are going to do. And look, we've already spoken to a few leads this week and Jade and I keep thinking, okay, maybe Alice could help with that. Alice could help with that. But we have to be careful because we've got Alice full with J&A marketing, marketing that matters work for our own business. So we have to be careful not to slip into that habit of filling her up with doing our paying clients um, yeah. and if we are just up her hours rather than yeah take it away take from it away our from us stuff. our business yeah, yeah but it is easy thing to do especially when the workload is um, coming thick and fast yes. but <laughs> and we don't know how to say no <laughs> yeah 
so anyway, it's been a good week and um, new things happening for Marketing That Matters and JNA. Very exciting. Hmm. All right. What has got your attention this week, Jade? Well, I'm sure it's not news to anyone that the rise of streaming services has really disrupted the TV advertising market. And this trend will just continue to accelerate as viewers continue to stray from what we're calling linear TV, which is your normal, say, free-to-air TV. Um, And it becomes more difficult for us as advertisers to reach people as they become fragmented across so many different platforms. Plus, there's a whole bunch of new and revamped kind of streaming platforms. There's so many now. And that's just crowding the marketplace. And navigating this space now is becoming more and more challenging for brands. So streaming is basically giving brands and advertisers less opportunity to connect with their consumers in a really meaningful way. So I came across this article in Ad Age about streaming wars. But before I go into the article, I just want to lay down some terminology for us. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say, let's just clarify linear, like define linear TV and also define streaming just because we're across that, but maybe those listening might not, not be. Yeah, so some terminology for us. So OTT is known as over the top. So most streaming platforms are classified as OTT and that describes content that's watched over the internet rather your content that is um, through satellite TV. So OTT platforms can then be subdivided into two groups. So those that are ad-supported, which stands for the free ad-supported streaming TV. So that is like your 7 Plus and your 10 Play. So those programs are, so platforms, sorry, are free for you to use because they're supported by advertisers. Then there are the platforms that are subscriber-supported. So that is your Netflix and your Disney Plus because you pay to use those and they're free of ads. Right. So no ads. So let me just get this straight. (laughs) (laughs) So the streaming platforms are split into two categories – Yep. One that subscribes to, which we pay for, and mm-hmm. one that's f- free because it's supplied by usually the free-to-air channels. Yes, and, and they're supported by ads. And they're supported by ads, so usually yep. have ads in between. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do the definition of linear TV for everybody <laughs> because that's the old school. <laughs> um, so that's in which a viewer watches a TV program on the channels it, it's presented on as its scheduled time. Yep. So it's only one after another, like, we, like we've all grown up with. It's a real old school. <laughs> <laughs> one after another, scheduled time. You know, um, just a side note, uh, when I was at Channel 9, and I'm, she's probably still there, There was a there's a programmer, right? Mm. And that's what she does. Like she programs the Perth TV shows. Oh, right. Mm. Like that's mm. a whole job. And then she also would submit the programming, like the weekly programming, uh, she'd have to work with the networks, obviously, mm. but there'd be time slots and things that were just Perth-related. Mm. Plus also obviously shuffling things in case Perth had something specific. specific. And then she would also then send it into the papers so they'd publish it in the oh, paper. yeah, the yeah, TV guide. The TV guide. <laughs> yeah. So that was still happening. And I only worked – I worked at Channel 9 20, uh, 2011 or maybe – It was a bit earlier, earlier than, than that. that. It was earlier than that. I think it might have been 2006 have been. to 2011. Anyway. Those were the days. Let's keep moving. So, so what I want to talk about, <laughs> streaming wars. What I find interesting, we're now starting to see ads, although in different formats, through some of the subscriber-supported platforms, so the ones that you pay for. Oh. So, at this point, 
there are certain types of ad units that have become synonymous with streaming. These include pause ads, so deliver when a viewer hits pause, and binge ads, which deliver more tailored messages to viewers watching multiple episodes of a show in succession. Peacock, Hulu, and Discovery Plus are platforms in the US that are selling these formats. And NBCU introduced a new ad format this spring called Spotlight Ads, which allows advertisers to mimic the scale and reach of linear primetime TV with the streaming world. Spotlight Ads allow a marketer to choose a specific time slot with, within which every Peacock viewer watching any program will see the ad first. Oh my God, a Peacock viewer. <laughs> if that kind of thing is happening and you can buy a streaming service at a certain time, say 8pm because you know everyone's sitting down to watch a version of TV at that time, whichever platform you're on. What's the difference now between streaming and then your linear or live TV? Because it's on demand. Yes, I know, but it's becoming so much more unclear, isn't it? Oh, yeah. As in... Um, well, and linear won't exist, I guess. So, yes. The lines are increasingly blurring. One of the biggest differentiators for linear TV has been live news, spots and tentpole events such as awards. But even this type of programming is making its way onto streaming platforms. So Amazon will begin streaming NFL Thursday night football in 2022. So outside of sports, the Academy Music Awards um, will also move to Amazon Prime in 2022. It's the largest awards show to shift to a streaming platform. Mm. So even these kind of major events that were exclusive to, to linear TV are now moving to subscriber-supported platforms. Mm. Yeah, well, there's platforms like KO, which is a subscriber, and they mm. have the live TV element yeah, to it. Live sport. Live yeah. sport. Mm. It is interesting to see that um, those like events and things like that that were usually needing to be live could possibly take on a... S- a format where it is streaming based mm. um, because it's all in the advertising though on the streaming platform and to, and to advertise they need to have the, the people on the platforms a lot. Yeah. So that's what I found with the KO is that they advertise obviously the up and coming live show, like the live sports stuff and what time they'll be on. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, so interesting. I know, but this has been discussed for years, especially going back to my nine days, it is something that everyone was scared about with the on-demand TV type thing and what would happen to linear TV. Mm. And there's actually, when I was doing some research for this, there's actually a lot of debate about linear TV still always holding a place. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's the argument for that? Well, I think that, I think that, look, who knows, it could be the... it could be the broadcasters putting this news out oh, there. Totally. <laughs> PR I should probably check my sources. Stations. Yeah, I probably yeah. should check my sources. But they're saying that it was only to increase in its in its revenue because they have their own streaming, like they have mm. the AVOD. So they have more money to buy more um, shows. Therefore, they'll always have the linear platform as right. well as the, the what yep. do we call it? The... The AVOD, AVOD, so the ad-supported. Ad-supported yep, streaming. streaming yep. So because they've got the revenue both from ad stream and, well, they won't get it from the subscriber base because there's no subscriber base, mm. but from the ad streaming side mm. of things, that linear will always still be there. Yeah, right. Mm. And then they're obviously still going to get their advertisers, possibly, Yeah. if they've got people still watching. 
I haven't watched linear TV. The only thing I watch linear TV is the Today Show in the morning, just to know what's going on. When do I watch? And maybe the project in the evening. Yeah, I think when I'm not really paying attention to the TV, like if I'm not sitting down to watch something at night, I might put like the project on, for example, Mm -hmm. but I'm doing something else. I'm Mm -hmm. definitely not sitting there absorbing every minute of it. Like I would be a TV show that I would put on on Netflix or something. Mm. Yeah. The thing that gets me, and I think we've spoken about this before, is how many streaming platforms are we going to end up having each family? I was saying this to my mum the other day. I was like, surely someone's going to come soon and aggregate all these platforms for you. So you sign up to JNA <laughs> TV, whatever, <laughs> and you pay $200 a month and it aggregates all your content from Stan, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Surely. Because Surely. We, yeah. It's, it's just getting a bit ridiculous. Like, how well, many? We don't even have those ones, Peacock, Hulu and Discovery Plus. We don't have them. Yeah. NBCU, well, HBO Max. There's so Prime. many in the US that aren't here yet. Yeah. Paramount. I think it's Paramount Plus just came here. Mm. Um. But, like, I already have Stan, Netflix. Binge. I think I'm paying Binge. I think I'm paying for Apple TV. I didn't even know. Oh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus I'm paying. But that's five. Have you even said Netflix? KO. <laughs> I think I said Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's a bit, yeah. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about, though, let's get back into some marketing about this. Let's talk about the platforms who don't allow advertising. So, the subscriber-supported mm-hmm. streaming platforms. How do brands get more creative and get in front of these audiences? Product placement is one answer. I was going to say that. Yes. So I know a few years ago, I feel like every TV show I watched, there was a a really nice close-up shot of someone using a Surface Pro in every TV show sure. I watched, like all the time. Yeah. I was like, it's, can you guys, it's getting a little bit obvious now. This is the only way to, for you guys yeah. to get your products into shows. But now brands have become even more savvy. Think about NBA and Nike. So recently they released a documentary called The Day Sport Stood Still. And the documentary um, is released on HBO Max. And it's about the NBA's shutdown um, due to COVID and the league's Mm. kind of bubble in the pandemic. Now, you think about it and you kind of just think, okay, yeah, documentary. But it's actually um, produced by one of Nike's production companies. Wow. So you think about NBA brand, Nike Brand. brand. And if they're the two that have produced this, Obviously, it's going to be producing NBA and Nike in a good in a good light. Product placement of probably a lot of the Nike things as well. Um, so it's really clever how people are kind of doing it now. See, I know I'm not normal, but I already like the as soon as I see a documentary, I like make it my challenge to guess who's behind it, <laughs> who's paid yeah to produce it. Hundred yeah. percent. It's yeah. like the first thing I do. Yeah, right. And it's usually pretty obvious in like the first paragraph of the documentary, mm-hmm. or the first show, the first yep. opening line of whoever's saying it will say whatever brand they're support. They're like is behind the whole funding of everything. Yeah, yeah. It's like I literally find it fun to see when they pop up and go oh. Who's like sponsoring the new Britney Spears, you know, doco? Like <laughs> who's, who's trying to get some, you know? Yeah. And honestly, it'll always be something. So, yeah, I guess at the documentary world, there is lots of hidden agendas there. Yeah, totally. So um, an article from the New York Times um, about branded content said, branded content movies, sorry, said with more people home and glued to their streaming services, many of which don't allow advertising, companies are finding they need to be creative about the ways they get in front of the audiences, no longer seeing 30-second commercials. 
more returning to traditional Hollywood production companies like Imagine to partner on films like The Day Sports Stood Still, which is infused with Nike's ethos but carries none of the traditional branding audiences are used to seeing. So other examples that came to mind when I was thinking about this is, I know there's a Headspace documentary on Netflix, Mm -hmm. which they probably funded, um, about meditation and Drive to Survive on Netflix, all about the F1. Like obviously um, the partnership between Netflix and F1 brought that sport to a whole totally new Mm. market. Mm. And I was listening the other day to a podcast and they were talking about a similar thing is why the show Ted Lasso exists. So that was a lot of that was originally um, the idea behind that show was to raise the profile of the English Premier League. Wow. So you can see how it's kind of just becoming this more content driven way of brands trying to advertise essentially. Oh, totally. <laughs> in places that they can't. Totally. No, content, content. Brands that have a lot of money anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can just imagine the boardroom of one of those big brands and how like how they have to diverse, diversify their their marketing revenue like their marketing budgets. Like it's just insane. Could you imagine like you know millions of dollars of your marketing budget going toward producing a movie? Yeah. Like that's essentially what your marketing budget is mm. going to be divvied up mm. how it's going to be divvied up these days. But you know what? I actually think you'd find that they would be approached more than they would approach. I think brands would sure, be approached by, by documentary like, writers yeah, and different things. Production companies. Production or, companies yep, yep. And the other way around. Yeah, I don't right. know. I'm just guessing that. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'd assume. Yeah, right. Anyway, watch this space. So what's got my attention this week is actually a Microsoft ad. It's called When Everybody Plays, We All Win. Now, the campaign's not new. It's from 2019 Super Bowl. It was produced by M United and McCann, New York. The reason this has got my attention is that it's a great example of businesses promoting how they add value to lives rather than just how great their product is. And I feel like this is the same conversation I've had with my clients this week. So I wanted to just bring it to everyone's attention and show how you can promote the difference your products can make without necessarily saying anything at all about your product, but just your product or your service can be the the main cause of making this difference. Now, I'll just say a little bit about what the ad does. The ad follows the stories of passionate young gamers, including nine-and-a-half-year-old Owen, rising to the top of their respective games with a little help from their friend, family, and the Xbox adaptive controller. The story illustrates Microsoft's commitment to building accessible technology. So the thing I didn't say is that Owen has also got a disability where he can't use a lot of his limbs and um, the adaptive, the Xbox adaptive controller helps him play with all his friends just the same as they are. There is a line in the ad, which we're going to put the link in the show notes. So please like pause and go watch the ad. It might probably make a, make a, yeah, yeah, make it all make sense. When Owen's dad says one of the biggest fears early on was how will Owen be viewed by his peers? So Owen's the nine-year-old boy. But he says, when, well, when he plays, he's no different. And that just absolutely got me because I guess it, it's something that they've brought to, the, brought to the forefront of our minds of how parents just want their kids to belong and just have friends. And Microsoft has done it very well 
in not pushing their product but almost bringing emotion to the customer and the consumer and it makes it memorable and highlights that inclusivity and 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 how their brand and their product can assist with bringing everyone together which is essentially I'm sure was their their goal Jade this got you didn't it yeah definitely um the ad uh it I think it'll bring a tear to anybody who watches it what you said though got me the difference your product makes without saying anything about your product yeah is so key like if you think about that ad in no way did they, add, did they say anything about the product, no. the features, the benefits, nope. nothing. Like, and the the product, yeah. Though if you hero shots of it, essentially, but not, not it wasn't the feature at all. And all it was focused on was the difference that them having that product made to their lives. Exactly, and that was done so so well. So this is the thing. This is the thing that. uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because I sit down with clients who are struggling with their social media particularly and they just can't understand how they're going to talk about their purpose and their values without talking about their product. Yes. And I found this was a fantastic example because this might not have been this Xbox adaptive controller could do many things. It's adaptive. It can it can it can do lots of different things. But what they've done is they've got to the core of how it helps a family and kept that at the forefront of the strategy. And we we can you've got to remember that the consumer is a lot more educated than you think. So the consumer actually, if you, if you don't have to put it in the front of their face <laughs> for them to understand that your product or, product or service assists in changing lives. That's where I, w- I just want our customers, our clients to get their head around and plus also the listeners here. And it, I'm hoping that watching this and understanding how subtle the controller is for this product will assist. Yeah, like I've, I've got no idea what that product... Looks like. Yeah, like I, I've got no idea how it enables the kids to play like the other kids. Like, I've got no idea how it actually mm. works. It doesn't matter. It do- No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I think I think you're right that people miss that, the um, almost the end result people miss. Mm. Like, your product or service is always the, um, the in-between. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the... Enabler. Yeah, enabler. Thank you so much. The laptop that enables you to write your book. Mm. The, you know, the um, fresh food that enables you to make your meal. Mm. Um, And people forget about the end product and that end product is where all the emotion comes into it. You don't necessarily have the emotion in the in between. Does that make Mm. sense? Mm. Um, And I think that's what people forget about. Mm. No, it's it's something to keep in mind. I want to just also talk about um, the Microsoft, I think it might have been their mission, was it? To empower every person and every organisation on the planet to achieve more. Mm. And I think I love that because they've obviously taken that every person aspect and focused on that because a lot of their products do not empower every person. And so now they're obviously trying to adapt them in order to do that. Mm. Um, and I think that's really, it's really um, 
it's really nice to see, but it's also it's a different way of looking at inclusivity. Not yeah. just not just it's a way of it's a it's a way of not just saying we're inclusive, but actually showing. No, but what are you going to do about that? Yeah. What you, they've they've changed the purpose to just being the broad line of we are diverse and inclusive. Mm. To no, we empower every person to achieve mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and if people would have challenged them on that previously, they would have been like, okay, well, we actually don't because we don't have products available mm. for every person, mm. but now we do. Mm. Um, or they're obviously shifting in that direction. So mm. no, I'm. Um, well, this spot was very successful, by the way. Just yeah. give you some stats. It had oh, um, 29 million views. Nice. Yeah, just you know, just a few, <laughs> and 25,000 likes on YouTube, which I'm sure has gone up um, as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's very there. There's a bit of a series as well, so we'll put the links to a few of the ads. But Owen, you follow Owen's story, and um, yeah, they're really creatively done and beautifully executed. They were in the Super Bowl, so of course, big budgets and things. Yep. But so everyone's seen it. <laughs> yeah. Please let us know what you think as well. Yes. So we're sticking with our vulnerability segment, as I think um, a lot of people have given us some really good feedback so far. So this week's question, Alicia, is what is something that you strongly dislike or hate? Well, I'm just going to stick with the industry talk since we're doing we're here for marketing. So oh, okay. I thought I would just stick in a marketing sense. Yep. <laughs> um not to get too personal about what I strongly dislike or hate, <laughs> like coriander or something like that. Oh my god, <laughs> coriander! What even I really is that? Don't like I that. know, I really don't like yeah. it. So I thought I'd stick with more marketing. Mm-hmm. A marketing hate, and what I hate is, and I define it by cowboys, <laughs> but I hate people that sell me something or say they're good at something and they're not because oh. it just wastes my time and I feel like it wastes my energy. Like I'd, I'm happy with you being not okay at that, but don't tell me you are or don't – because I think there's so many good salespeople in our industry because that's what we got in it for. Mm. Like we are salespeople at the end of the day. We sell your brand and your product and yep. anything at all. Gosh, we don't, the things I've had to sell, you, I would never have thought I would – hair loss. <laughs> I, you know, I've sold the things I've sold, like I swear. So there's so many good salespeople in our industry. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking about all the things I've all sold the before. Things. And like what I know so much information about, like I know so much about like men's work boots and I'm like, why what? do I know so much about this now? Like I don't need this information anymore. <laughs> totally. You'll never forget it. No, exactly. So we're, we're in it and we can sell anything. So therefore what happens is our industry sell to us. Like we get sold to by people saying they can build websites or they can do SEO, they can do, you know, Ooh. they can do anything. And I've had a few, I've been burnt by a few people that I've trusted and they haven't done a good job for me. Yep. And it's almost then reflects badly on my brand. Mm. And that just irks me yeah. because people, I am genuine. I feel like I'm quite a genuine marketer like I wouldn't do something for someone else's brand that I wouldn't do for my own Mm, yep and if it's not working and not getting results we quickly change um and it's usually not it's not the fact that our strategy is not good it's the fact that sometimes you need to test campaigns and test markets and test things so yeah we change as soon as we know it's not working but what I'm what I don't like is when someone is just BSing us yeah. on what they yeah. can do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that I have been burnt sense. and I will 
say that is what I strongly dislike. Yep. Okay. What do you strongly dislike? Right. I'm going to stick with the marketing theme too, I guess. And I'm going to go, I strongly at the moment dislike private health insurance companies. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know how much I want to, I'm not going to rant about this too much, but we've had a few instances lately where we've been, you know, uh, members of private health for years. Yet we've had instances, instances lately, sorry, where we haven't been covered for certain reasons. Mm. And their marketing, it's legal, obviously, I'm guessing, but quite misleading. Mm. And as a marketer, I'm frustrated because I read something and I'm like, yep, cool, get the gist. I'm a mum of two with my own business. I'm studying. I don't have the time to go and read your 10-page fine print about all the things that you're not going to cover that sounds like you're going to cover from your headline. Mm. And that's really starting to get me because I wouldn't be the only one. And I would consider sometimes I can be very naive and I know that, but sometimes I am. I would dare say I am generally a savvy consumer. So I'm sure there's a lot of other unsavvy consumers out there too who they're getting their money all the time off this and it's really starting to to get to me because now a lot of them I just don't trust. As a brand, I don't trust them mm-hmm. and not at all. And um, and it's so important, especially for something that's a lo- lifelong commitment like that, Yeah, that brands don't do that to you. Mm. Like what's happened to you now, they've put you offside. Yeah. And you'll never yeah. go – like you, you want to go as far away from that as possible. Yeah, yeah. So – that is a really bad play by them, and but you think they're getting away with it? Yeah, they well they are. I mean, I almost one of their one of the campaigns, the one latest one that can we name and shame? Who is it? <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that, but okay. um, we're definitely moving from them as soon as we can. We just mm. have to <laughs> wait out some waiting periods. <laughs> one of the the latest ones that campaigns that we essentially they had a campaign and their headline was very, very misleading in terms of what they covered. Um, yes, it, I'm sure it was in the fine print. I haven't gone back and checked mm. it. it. I'm assuming it was. I was Obviously, they w- would have covered us for it. But um, I almost wanted to lodge an ACCC complaint about it because I honestly felt it was that, that misleading. Should. And I probably, I probably, maybe I will. Yeah, and I'm going to get as far away from that company as I can when, <laughs> when we can. Mm. Um, but now I just have a whole level of distrust in that whole industry. It just frustrates me that companies with a lot of money um would be doing this to people all day every day Mm. um anyway rant over but um (laughs) that is my dislike (laughs) health insurance companies right now understandable if anyone's got a good one could you please let me know (laughs) can't wait to hear who it is when we get off this podcast (laughs) maybe dm me everyone and i'll tell you (laughs) covers it for this week make sure you leave us a review or follow us on instagram at marketing that matters pod we love a chat thanks for listening to marketing that matters